Hey, welcome to Connection Over Coffee with me, Phil McAuliffe, The Loneliness Guy. Today we're going to have a great chat with my friend Andrew Reid about what it's like to be, uh, to be gay in a straight relationship, in a straight marriage, and what that means in terms of loneliness. So say hi, Andrew. Hello there, how you doing? Really well, just so chuffed that you're here. Um, but before we get into all of this, I need to say that this podcast contains content relating to the mental, emotional, and physical well-being of gay men. If that's going to offend you or anyone in earshot, now's the time for you to go. But with all of that said, if you're down for an for a absolutely cracking chat, why don't you and Andrew go get us a table, and I'll go get the coffee sorted. Now, if this is the first time that you've joined me for uh, for coffee and, and connection over coffee, I want to say hi and welcome. And you're probably very familiar right now with some very, or you're experiencing right now some very uncomfortable thoughts and feelings uh, about loneliness just by merely engaging with this content, the simple act of pressing play on this podcast or on YouTube. I want to say that that is the stigma of loneliness, uh, where loneliness uh, has us feeling some really uh, uh, terrible uh, feelings and thinking some really awful thoughts at times. And it can take great courage to uh, simply acknowledge that we're feeling lonely, that we do feel lonely, and then do something about it towards getting the authentic connection that we need. The simple act of pressing play reflects uh, the courage that you have. And so I want to honor, I want to celebrate that and just let you know how proud I am of you. If this is uh, a return time that you've joined me for coffee, I want to say hi and welcome back. It's simply awesome to see you. And uh, I really do appreciate you coming back uh, and engaging on, um, uh, uh, on, on the topic of loneliness and specifically on this, um, uh, on, on the topic of loneliness uh, and being gay in a straight marriage. So, Andrew, I want to say hello. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me, sir. And um, we have uh, we've read your amazing blog post, uh, which was published on uh, the Loneliness Guy uh, blog. Uh, last week and I'm going to say well I'm going to ask one thing first how did that feel to write that down how did it feel it was um, it was look to be honest it was difficult to start I think it was difficult to start but once I got going and um, you know I started reliving not reliving so much but started to sort of put my thoughts down it became so easy and it all came back to me so so easily um and and i felt i was able just to keep on going do you know what i mean yeah it was it was it was was almost liberating to be able to write it down yeah so that was the first time you'd you'd written written it down yes yes yeah i i have to say um this like the, the whole content 
the whole content that you shared. If I was like an English teacher at school, um, I, I, I don't, no, no, <laughs> look, I wasn't going to go circles. Like, you know, the it's, verb agreement was not right. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> I would have been doing, you know, down the right-hand side margin, like ticks, 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 like yes, yes, yes. All the while thinking, oh, my God, I could have written this. This could have been my story too. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's so many things in, in, in there that I want to sort of have a chat today with because I know that there are so many so many men who are gay, who lived part of their life, who indeed possibly still are living in a straight marriage. And I don't want to say that there's a particular kind of loneliness that comes with it, um, because I think uh, loneliness is... um, a unique experience uh, within all of us yeah. um, and is, is, has, has kind of like molds itself to our own experience. So we, we all feel loneliness in our own way, but we know that loneliness uh, is just simply horrible. Well, I, th- I think in, in touching on that, um, I know that, you know, I know that I'm not the first person, not the first married guy to, to do, to, to come out to my wife. And, and I certainly won't be the last, but all the while that, that whole time, I felt like I was the only one. So I felt very alone with that. And I had to sort of navigate this by myself, um, with no support. And, you know, maybe there is support out there, but at the, at that time, you actually feel like you're the only person experiencing this and it's never been done before. It's unheard of and everyone's only talking about you and, and all that type of thing. Yeah. 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 This is, yes. Um, I can certainly, certainly like whole, well, wholeheartedly agree from my perspective as well. And, and, is particularly that's that's one of the points that really got me here like right in the very core of my being and um not necessarily gave me flashbacks to that loneliness um uh uh, uh but also um you know a, a a very poignant reminder of that that feeling of being so utterly alone yeah uh and not wanting it to be so yeah Exactly. And you know, like in your mind, you, you know that you're not the first person. Yeah. But you, you just can't sort of, you know it's the truth, but you can't sort of understand that to be the truth, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if there's, a, if there's just the mind, most minute possibility that you can help somebody else um, navigate their way through it, you know, then then that's fantastic. Like that's that's a goal. Like that that would be an absolute goal to be able to help at least one person um, to, to understand the feelings and thoughts that you may have at that time are shared by so many others. Yeah, yeah. And there's power in that. There's connective power in that within building a community. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm going to ask how... How has the connection to you uh, changed? 
the, the connection of of what specifically they're there. Sorry. So so the connection to to thoughts and feelings within you, uh, like did that did that change um, uh, as a result of you writing um, that uh, those those beautiful words that uh, that you've shared on on my blog. It's it's not two. It's not even two years that I came out. Yep. And I think for the best part of that two years or close to two years, um, it is certain that there's been lots of emotions and feelings and thoughts that I still don't sit well with me. And, um, you know, and I'm working through those. But I feel as though, yeah, I actually do feel as though having written those words, um, you know, expressing them on paper, it's been it's given me the opportunity to sort of, you know, take charge a little bit and and um if that makes sense it might not make sense but for me it's it's almost as if it's you know i own it now yeah i i, I it's it i can reconcile it in myself and go it's okay um yeah it makes complete sense <laughs> absolute complete sense and this there are you're right and this is this is something that i i want to explore a little bit as well like reading through your words and and i shared this with you uh over the last few days um sort of uh, as we sort of prepared uh, ourselves to have this this chat uh and what came to me uh reading through your your well, frankly, your beautiful words, like they were, they were absolutely, and, I, and I'm not hearing, I'm not having any of this shit about, oh, you know, no, no, they were beautiful, right? Um, yeah. And I just had this this really strong image within myself, and and you know, we we talked offline about how you know I'm 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 very visual um, and stuff, but I had this very powerful image in my mind of the myth the fable the greek the greek myth of uh pandora's box and the feeling that um the the sort of reckoning with the sexuality um you know reckoning with your sexuality reckoning with my sexuality um is uh, akin to having Pandora's box while we're you know in a in a straight relationship in a straight marriage, and it's on the desk, and it it sort of says you know beguiling things about open me open me and you're like oh no I can't I, I shouldn't but as the years go on, the um uh, the the the. The, the 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 whispering sort of becomes louder at times and then kind of fades away and then it becomes louder yet and fades away louder yet fades away uh, and it gets to a point where the risk of not opening the box is worse than opening the box and but we open the box and you know we admit that we're gay and risk what that means to the relationship how did you how did you remembering that pandora's box you know all this shit comes out it's horrible lots of process lots of uh you know terrible stuff happens 
but at the bottom of Pandora's box, when all of that has flown out, remains hope. Yeah. How did you open your Pandora's box? Well, um, let me take a step back if I can, okay, and just say I remember getting to the point where, yeah, if you if you align it, uh, you know, with Pandora's box and you you go on and go, these curiosities and these temptations have just become louder and louder that you want to open that box. I guess I remember I remember being at the gym. Actually, I can I can remember specifically being at the gym, sitting there on the on the machine, and um, it was the lat pull down. Actually, <laughs> I remember. The, <laughs> and I remember just sort of looking around the gym and going, "Could I actually lose this whole scenario that I've got here?" You know, and and what I mean by scenario was my life, like as a gym goer, um, business owner, um, you know, family. The, the things that I had built, you know, my house, my, my possessions, all of these type of things. And I, I just remember at that point um, thinking, this is just all, like, it's going to be too much. I can't possibly, I can't I can't do this. I can't possibly lose these things. The, the most important thing to me, actually, at the time, and first and foremost in my mind was to lose my wife. Because, you know, and it was such simple things such as, you know, the smell of her, you know, the perfume or, or, you know, just being so naturally free to move around and do as I did each day and know that I was loved and supported to, to facing absolute loneliness yeah. and, and solidarity. That's, that was what was almost crushing for me. Um, but, you know, you do get to the point where, you know, you have to be true to yourself and, you know, you, you spend so long in a miserable state. Well, this is the way, for me, I'm talking about myself here. Yeah. Um, in such a miserable state that you actually just um, bring those and those people that love you, you're bringing them down too because um, they just, they just, they, they see your pain and they, they want to help you. And the fact that they can't um, makes them sad, makes them miserable. So, yeah, while you do it for yourself, you're also understanding that you're doing it for the people that you love. You're you're also setting them free in a way, um, which sounds really silly, but um, it, it it's for me it, it was the truth. Yeah. Um, how did I how did I continue to find that hope at the end of the box? Look, I think um, I think it's continuing. You know, I don't think we're ever fully there. Um, you know, I, I certainly, um, you know, all those, all those bad negative, negativity, all that, all that flies out, and you do try to search for hope at the bottom. And and you know, I I, I do think that it is there. It's just a continuous, um, not struggle. I don't think struggle is the right term, but it's a, just a continuous journey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it is life. It's, it is life. It's continuous lifing, <laughs> really. Um, yep. Where, yeah, and and how, like, my mind is going, like, a million miles an hour right now. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of things uh, from your blog post that I really kind of want to um, explore some more. Yeah. But first of all, I want to say, because I know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm well familiar 
Um, and this harks back to the you know the beginning of, of the episode, the beginning of every episode. When I'm saying you know hi to to the listener and the viewer, that you know I admire the the, the courage and and stuff. And, and this is not a throwaway line. This is not a throwaway line because I'm also intimately familiar with the courage that it takes to accept what is within ourselves. Um, I want to say clearly uh, and um, uh, with, with an absolute conviction how proud I am of you. Thank you. Because, Thank you. pardon? I appreciate it. it, it it's, I, I know... I know that um, it's one thing. It's one thing to have the courage to do something different in life when you realise that you've got yourself into a position where, for things to change, things really need to change, and that change affects lots of other people. Yeah. Um, it's quite another thing, as well, to share that. Yeah. Um, right now, like I'm just full of nothing but love and gratitude because what you did is really hard. Yeah. But knowing as we do that no one has, no one's alone ever in the thoughts and feelings that, that they're, you know, no one, you know, whenever the first person in the history of the universe to think these thoughts and feel these feelings, um, uh, that um, I, I simply know right now, and I'm just saying this just in case I don't get to it um, uh, in the rest of our chat, that your words will help. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's, that, that's fantastic if that happens. And, and I, I do believe that it will help at least one person. Yeah. 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 You and I like in, in you know, uh, communicating over the last few days um, have, you know, said that, you know, this is this is, you know, the, the, the post. This is the, the you know, the, the chat now where which certainly I would have wished for uh, when. Yeah. 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 And so. I want to sort of, you know, with, with that kind of lens applied to now the conversation, I want to sort of go back into time. <clears throat> so, you know, where you were in, um, you were in your marriage and you, um, you wrote some, some really powerful words about learning when you were gay and, yeah. or suspecting when you were gay. Um, do you want to take us there? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, uh, it was obviously a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I just remember feeling as though everybody, everybody that knew me, all my friends and family and colleagues and, you know, they all, they just all at the time it would have been schoolmates rather than colleagues, I guess, but, um, you know, I just had this feeling that everybody, everybody assumed that I was gay or, you know, at the very least different, Yeah. you know. And um, I think I just tried exceptionally hard to, one, not appear to be gay 
and two, um, to remove myself, you know, just just to make myself invisible to everybody else because I didn't want anyone to notice me. Just, you know, be that wallflower or be that person that just takes one step back and, and, and I still do in some ways now let other people shine um, and I'm more than happy to be that person to let other people shine. But in my case back then, it was more I just wanted to um, be completely irrelevant and not have anyone um, notice me um, because I didn't want to be found out. Yeah. I just wanted to be – and, you know, be, because I was from the country as well um, – uh, well, not from the country, but a regional area um, – I, I just wanted to um, – I didn't, I didn't want anyone to, to notice and I didn't want to stand out, essentially. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. You and I grew up really close to each other. <clears throat> yeah, <indeed. laughs> yeah. So you were on the, you were on the, the, I was about to say the wrong side of the border, um, but, uh, but, but uh, uh, as someone who then spent much of my life on that side of the border, it became the right side of the border. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as... Well, actually, you know what? To, to be fair, I am actually South Australian, so um, I do. I have lost my Adelaide accent now, but uh, <laughs> I am actually South Australian, proud South, by the way. Um, oh, Adelaide! Um, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I can't have a bad word said about Adelaide. I can't. Well, well, this has been a lovely chat. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> it was all going so well until you outed yourself as a South Australian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello to the uh, the the awesome listeners and viewers uh, in yeah. the great state of South Australia. Um, uh, and um, uh, but uh, here in Canberra, I enjoy getting your weather a day after you. Um, so, uh, but uh, I want to say, um, like you know, as as the crow flies, like where you are now and where I was born is probably about a hundred and fifty k's. Not yeah, all. yeah. So like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Um, and then you know I went to boarding school like you know um, uh, down the highway uh, from 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 where you are now. And you know a whole lot of friends, a whole lot of friends, both at school uh, and at university, come from Wangaratta. Uh, really? uh, yeah, yeah, Wangaratta, Benalla, uh, and indeed my family when they moved from Ireland. Uh, in the 1850s, settled in and around Glen Rowan and Greta. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> so, I know, and it's just weird. It, like, it blows my mind that our stories, like, so intertwine. Um, yeah. But what I, uh, uh, what I want to sort of point on at this time, this is, this is the early 90s mm. Uh, mm. That, that we're, you know, that we're growing up in. <clears throat> and... Pardon me. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily like there were there were very few positive gay role models. Yeah. Um, and you know those who were you know outwardly gay on TV were um, you know like the 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 entertainment reporters on the midday show or something like that. And, you know, I'm thinking, what was his name? John Michael Housen or something. And, um, yeah. Uh, and, and then there were, you know, the people who, you know, like to have, to be gay was to get AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, which, you know, a death sentence. Yeah. 
um and uh you know and 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 fed along by you know popular culture of you know dominated by homophobia This, your concept here of wanting to be a small target, wanting to be invisible, um, and and wanting to be um, uh, what was the word um, irrelevant. I don't know about you, listener. I don't know about you, viewer. Uh, if you've been in this situation, but for me, that got me right in the heart mm. that that expression is beautiful and i feel that at some point all of us have wanted to make ourselves a small target mm. at some point What, in your view, Andrew, was the impact of wanting to be visible, wanting to make yourself irrelevant? The impact of me? Yeah. I think it's, I, I actually, to be completely honest with you, I think it's actually something that still burdens me now. Um, I think it's something that... Um, whether you whether it's not that you don't feel worthy, maybe, or whether it's um, you know you carry that through and, and you kind of go, um, you know, it's it's sort of hard to explain. I guess um, it, it, it is almost as if um, you don't feel worthy still, um, and you let that sort of still carried through now um um and for me and i'm talking for me obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, i i still feel as though sometimes it still um you know inhibits my ability to um love myself um and that has obviously obviously has detrimental effects on on loving the people around you or allowing those other people around you to love you yeah so so, so sometimes, yeah, that, that what I did to myself then in my mind um, is still burdening me now. Yeah. Yep. How does that feel? It's a realisation speaking of, actually. Mm. I don't think I, I quite realised until that moment when I was trying to articulate them and say, maybe this is that's a carryover from then, you know? Yeah. So again, I would probably stress Phil by saying, if this chat that you and I have now over coffee helps one person, then, you know, fantastic. You know, that, that one person that can listen to the words and go, you don't need to be invisible. You don't need to be irrelevant, you know, be you. Um, and everything will be okay. Yeah. Yep. You know, then that's 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 fantastic. It's interesting as you were saying that I you know, was was listening to you, I'm looking at you. 
uh, and seeing you reckon within yourself. Yeah. With the the with the discomfort. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say this, uh, and I know this to be true, that you are worthy. Well, thank you. And if I can, if I can um, sort of draw a line to something else with that, is I think, you know, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling worthless, I guess, and, and you know, insecure and insignificant and irrelevant, you know, what you want to do then is try to change that and, and you know, provide, or, you know, give yourself some confidence. And I think that's why I started to go to the gym, for example. And, and you know, that's... You know, I just felt like, oh, you know, I could, I could do it. it became my place to be able to just be me and not have to worry about anyone else and not have, and almost not let me think that anyone else is, you know, and I've got the gym of all places where you think you're not going to be judged. It's probably been most judgmental place. Uh, but I, for me, my place to go to so I wasn't being judged and and I could try to, transform myself almost to be somebody else and, and and almost that person that's so not gay if you know what i mean yeah so. is it is it a case of not being judged or is it a case of uh controlling how you're judged yeah the latter probably yeah yeah that that certainly resonates with me as well yeah. Yeah. right and and that's that's why i asked the question um, and I'm 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 thinking back uh, to um, uh, the Velvet Reads, uh, sorry, the Velvet um, the Velvet Rage by uh, Alan um, Alan Reed, um, and a fantastic book about what it's like growing up gay, uh, and how growing up gay, essentially in a straight world, uh, can affect us, and it's really common. It's really common for us to, in order to prove that we're worthy to ourselves, we seek to excel in various fields, yeah. be that in business, be that, uh, you know, in, in art, be that in whatever it is um, that we're, we're, you know, seeking um to prove our worth. And that could actually drive us to uh, drive humans, but drive drive gay men in this particular instance, to do great things, to yeah. achieve great things. But until we actually can sit within ourselves and with love, yeah. after years of berating ourselves of being wrong, uh, and years of wanting to make ourselves a small target around the thing that we're most sensitive about. Until we can do that with a with a whole shitload of self love, you know, we are at risk of um, like the, the those thoughts and feelings of not being worthy enough. 
just, you know, we could be running at a full canter and they just sort of lazily trot along beside us, keeping, keeping right up there with us until we sit there and, and, and essentially do the work. So what I'm hearing from you is that you you are present progressive tense doing the work. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Again, speaks to courage. Mm. Um and you you mentioned you mentioned the gym. Mm. And, you know, evidently you work out uh, and evidently very fit. And um, how, how you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to explore that some more, you know. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in your blog post, you said that that was like your, your happy place. And yeah. indeed, you created your own home gym. Yes. Which in this period of lockdown, I'm extremely jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the envy of others. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be the envy of others. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wear it, wear it proudly, I say. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I, I am very much missing lifting heavy things. Um, yeah. um, but what I, I, I feel uh, that, you know, this is really this is common, really or not otherwise, this is common for gay men, uh, you know, closeted gay men to use the gym as a safe way to engage with other men. And that doesn't have to be in a sexual way, but, you know, it creates that opportunity to be with other men. Um, and you found you found your your like that kind of connection on an app yeah. you, you shared in, in, in the blog post. Yeah. What was, what was that for you? What was that like for you? That was, that was fantastic. That was fantastic acceptance because, um, yeah, I, I threw myself into going to the gym and um, I, I, apart from the fact that I enjoyed working out, um I I it became quite social. Well not not super social because I was still focused on doing the gym work. Um and and it also meant that um you know when I built my own home gym, um which is way over the top <laughs> but when I did build that I did um you know it became a place of solitude that I didn't have other people there to train with. So it was about doing the weights then. But yes, there was an app which I joined, which um, was all based. It was like a, it was like a social media app for gym goers, and um, it was everybody like-minded, male, female. But I guess um, what happened was you sort of went, you sort of went to the people that were similar to you somehow, and it had a messaging. Um, it was like a social media. Yeah. Wall and and you had you know you posted either your stats or your um, the weight you lifted or or whatever it is that you did, and you connected with other people and very like minded people and um, it was it that was fant that was such a great experience for me to be able to 
have all these, as I said in the in the blog post, um, I had all these virtual friends and for for that moment at that time, um, I wasn't sort of irrelevant or invisible, it, which is so strange because it's all virtual. But but at that time, you know, I felt like not that I was popular, but I had a voice. You know, people wanted to talk to me. I wanted to talk to them. You know. Um, so that was that was really nice. It was it was a really great outlet. Yeah, that's um, so popular comment aside because uh, I'm not taking that. Um, but one of the one of the great things I, I was on that app um, uh, was that it was a place to be seen, to be heard, and to belong. Absolutely. And so, might not, I don't know, I, I, I question, you know, whether popular, but a place of where you felt like you belonged. Yeah, popular is not the right term, I, I admit, but it was, it was nice to be, yeah, to, to belong. Absolutely. Yeah. I belong to Robert, yeah. And in that sense, in that sense, you know, social media can be good. It can be, yeah, it can be. It, for the here and now, yes. Yeah. In that in that scenario, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, but you know what? When you close that app down, there you, know, you are. You off. So so that's where that loneliness would sort of creep back in again. Again, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and certainly for me, uh, you know, that was you know the point in your blog post about closing the app down. Um, and they would be still uh, was rang very true for me, um, and and in and in that way, you know the the the, the apps are you know intoxicating, yeah. um, and which goes to my point of you know sort of point thread through all my work here at the loneliness guys that social media, however it is, is not in itself evil, is not wrong. You know, sometimes we need to remember that we're the product that social media is selling rather than us consuming. But um, when, you know, when we're feeling lonely, when we feel like we are the only, uh, uh, only man who has ever thought these thoughts, felt these feelings and been in this situation, social media can be a really good place for support. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, but at the end of it all, we are where we are and yeah. we can't live virtually. No, we can't. Um, no. Yeah. It is, you know, the, the social media apps, be they fitness, Instagram, Facebook, um, a hookup app, as uh, I spoke about with with Michael Diorio in the previous episode, um, you know they are they can be powerful means uh, of connection, but they're means to an end. They are not the connection in and of themselves. Um, so you shared in in the blog post uh, about being in the gym and being in your happy place. Yeah. And that being the place where you realized, well, you had that, you had that realization that, you know, your happy place was kind of, well, was not. 
<laughs> yeah. and, and your happy place actually became the place of reckoning. Can you explain that a little? When I realized that, you know, most of this life that I was living at that point and, and you know, my when I was blissfully happy and I, and I, met, and I don't mean any disrespect to the virtual, uh, sorry, the, the actual life I was living, you know, because um, I was, I was happy, you know, I, I, I was, you know, in a bizarre kind of way, I guess. Um, but um, when I was in the gym and I was on um, a fitness app that I found so helpful, I was really happy. I was, I was happy and, and um, you know, being able to speak with people and compare notes and, and stuff like that. It was really great. Um, and when I decided, I guess, that this was not right or, or whatever that light switch moment was, whatever, um, and it ended or I, by my own choosing, um, but I fell apart. I, I absolutely fell apart and... Um, you know, I was, I, I sobbed. I, I was, I, I sat in the middle of my massive gym that I created and I loved and um, and it was no, it, like it was just no longer happy for me. I just, it was, it, it, it was a realisation that was just irreparable mm. um, and um, I didn't know how to deal with it. I, it was all just, crack, it mentally just came crashing down. Yeah. That's that's really powerful. I yeah, it was it was it was horrible. Um and and um you know, as I as I said in the blog post, all I could do was, you know, find a way to pull myself out of it, which, you know, fortunately I did. Um and, you know, I cut ties with with friends that I had made and and um um but I think all of this was due to myself not wanting to admit the truth about myself. So, you know, I knew knew where it was going. Um, In my mind, I knew what this was leading to. um, And I wasn't ready for that. And and I think the, the only way to close all that down and live my life that was not meant for me was to shut all that down and hide it all and continue to go on um, living the life that I was living. Mm. How does that feel? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of emotion in that. Um, there's a lot of um, anger towards myself. There's a lot of relief to be able to say. There's, there's a lot of guilt. There's betrayal. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Feel like it's it, For me, it's kind of like selfish in a way but liberating i don't know it's it's a it's a difficult one to explain yeah yeah i'm i'm perfectly fine with paradoxes with two you know perfectly opposite things uh equally applicable at the same time i'm like life is a paradox <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 sitting here just like nodding going yep 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 um yeah 
Because one of one of the things that's coming up for me right now is, um, and and you know, reflecting on my own lived experience here, um, you know, and and reflecting on on your words and your really powerful share here, Andrew, was <laughs> like the cycle of denying, uh, the denying, the you know, denial, the abstinence, the trying again, yeah, you know, doing better next time. Uh, yeah. And you know it would work for a little while, yeah. Uh, and you know the then then it would would come up again, um, yeah. You know at some point in in the future. And there was, for me, there was the, um, yeah. You know I could I could see you know your words just then like you know I could see I I can't agree more like within myself I could see where this was going. But I didn't. I really didn't want to go there at all. Um, and uh, actually, um, you know, the that 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 sort of cycle of denial, that cycle of you know, promising myself that I would try, that I would do better. Yeah. How. What what are you feeling, you know, with with that kind of um, uh, sort of that 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 treatment of yourself um, through that? I, I don't uh, I don't want to answer a question with a question. But <laughs> can, I, <laughs> but, can I please ask you one? Of course. Did, did you ever feel as though? Um, it was just like some psychological problem that you had to get over because I certainly, I, I like it was almost become, and I hate using this word because it's, I don't think it's, um, it can be difficult, I guess. Um, it, you know, maybe not relevant in this, in this area, but it was like an addiction. Um, and it was, you know, I likened to a very, very dear friend of mine, my best mate actually who struggles with a few things and it has become an addiction it's an addiction and i just kind of went why can't you just stop just stop just don't do it anymore <laughs> yeah you know and and then i started to think and reflect on myself and go hang on am i the same is this an addiction is this is this what it is you know like i would tell myself okay reset you're not doing that anymore you can go to the gym but you don't need to open yeah you, you, you know, just reset, refocus, and redo it all. Yep. And, you know, and I did it for a day or two. It <laughs> <laughs> was awesome for a day. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, what happens is you just go, oh, no, but I'll see who's online and I'll just see. I, so that's what it becomes. And it, it wasn't, I don't believe it was an addiction to the app. I don't believe that at all. It was the addiction to, um, um, fitting in. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Belonging. Yep. yep. Certainly, certainly for me, it was a place. So you felt that, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 It wasn't like the app was just the tool, the vehicle. Um, and yeah, for me, the the uh, the addiction uh, um, was very much the place to be seen um and not not to be seen um but to have a part of me allow a part of me to be seen uh and you know i was carefully 
carefully controlling that, what I, what I would allow myself uh, to be seen. Um, and, you know, but it was a place where I could be heard. I could put voice to words, thoughts, uh, and, and, and feelings. Um, mm. I could, um, but yeah, it was a place where I felt like I was addicted to the sense of belonging. And it came at a time when I was starting to learn that I was lonely. Mm. You know, I was, I was living uh, in Korea at the time um, and, you know, doing a very big job, an important job um, that, that had me working a lot, you know, doing some you know, pretty cool things that I, that I like doing. But I wasn't. I wasn't being me. I wasn't being seen. I wasn't. You know, wasn't being seen for me. And this was. This was an outlet where I could be. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder. You know, for for you know the 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 viewer, the listener, who's joining us for this for this chat, who might still be in the closet, might be in a marriage, um, uh, and and wrestling with the thoughts and feelings that they um, that that they might be gay um, or somewhere on the, the, the rainbow spectrum that I wonder if, if they have a place online as well where they feel that they can belong, you know, uh, engage yeah. through, you know, a, um, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a pseudonym, an avatar, uh, and you know, feel that they've got found their 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 place, and that can be incredibly powerful. But and at the end of it, we, as you say, close down the phone, yeah. and there we are. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I I I think that's actually you know really an important place because if we are in the closet yeah in a marriage the truth will out yes and yeah yeah and it will come up in in some way you know you squeeze the air in a balloon the the air still goes somewhere yeah and you know that's I'm I'm saying that without judgment. That's that's actually okay. But what you you shared in your blog post about actually, you know, that well, the breakdown. And I want to say this really clearly cuz when I was coming out when I was in a, a similar place in, in my story, I read something from Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. who said, is this a breakdown or is it a breakthrough? Because I can feel the same. And I'm like, damn you, Tim Ferriss. Stop being so right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was one of the things that sort of spoke to me um, that felt like the, 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 the universe sort of saying you know that this is going to be okay yeah was it a breakdown or a breakthrough for you that's an exceptional good question let's credit <laughs> tim ferris for that one <laughs> <laughs> um 
I think it was a break. Maybe it started as a breakdown. Yeah. Um, which led to the to the breakthrough. I, 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 I don't know how to answer that one. That's a tricky one to answer. Yeah. Um, Again, paradox. Yeah, I do feel as though at that time, well, if I think back to it, I, that was hitting rock bottom. I actually felt like at that point I had hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, and the only way from there is up. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know she's not necessarily, well, she's not a friend of uh, the the trans community at all because of her, her stated views. J.K. Rowling uh, said of her experience and what led her to create Harry Potter was the end of a marriage, essentially homeless, uh, with a daughter who needed feeding and an idea and an old typewriter. Yeah. And yeah. she has shared um, in an oft-viewed video on, on YouTube, uh, I think it was like a commencement speech at some university, either in the UK or in the US, um, about how rock bottom becomes the solid foundation for what's built. Yeah. Well, well, absolutely. If I hark back to what I was saying when I was sitting in that gym before I made the decision that I was going to do this and thought about everything you know, that I'm going to lose, I, I was... That was the realisation that, that, you know, I had these things that I didn't want to lose and, and what have you. But, but then um, when in actuality you, you realise that what you have is so strong around you and, you know, I didn't, I didn't lose my family, I didn't lose my business, I didn't lose my friends, I, I didn't just... Yes, and, and I realised that I don't think I lost much at all. I think there was, there was, you know, obviously some very near and dear people that shifted. I think it was a side shift. I don't think I lost them. Essentially, I don't think I have and I don't think I ever will. Yep. But that was just a shift. And, um, you know, and I remember, you know, when I publicly came out um, because I, I did come out and was very private. I didn't feel the need to, to do it publicly. But when I did, because of, you know, it became circumstantial, unfortunately, and I did do that, um, I, I just remember almost being crippled with fear of going outside. You know, what will people say? What will people do? You know, all this type of thing. And when I realised, you know what, the sun still rose each day and, you know, people have their birthdays and, you know, the rain still... Everything was still the same. Yep. And um, that was really... That was great for me. And I actually had one person say to me, and it will stick with me forever, um, Andrew, yes, you know what? You're today's news. Do you know what? Tomorrow it's somebody else's turn. Yeah. And that really stuck with me because, I, like, it was such a simple thing to say, but it really stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're talking about me today. Six months on. You know what? I'm just Andrew. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I equate it like my my coming out as part of the process of becoming Phil. Yeah. Who happens to be gay? 
If I was to fast forward, like, sorry, not fast forward, rewind, you know, just over two years ago now, when I came out, it was, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, being gay was something that I knew within myself, like, was part of myself, wasn't all of myself, but, yeah, it's that, you know, ah, Phil is gay, and that full stop, that's it. You know, yep. he's not also, you know, he's, he's, he's funny, he's smart, he, like, loves the shit out of you, um, you know, once you're in, um, you know, in, in the tribe kind of thing, and, you know, all the other things that, that, that I am, you know, a great dad, hopefully, if the boys are listening, um, but uh, I am a great dad, um, and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, just a, a, a thoroughly good human. Um, but one thing there, um, is the, that, that came up for, for me as you were sharing that, um, and I often have said this, that, uh, in the process of coming out to people, if I haven't been accepted, then they've come out to me as not being worthy of me. Yeah. Because I am worthy. I yep. have finally accepted who I am. Yeah. And while I put myself out there and, you know, want people to accept it, I can't. Like, not everyone's going to accept it, except yep. me. And I can't expect other people to uh, accept me. Um, and, you know, there have been people who you know, have been very important at various stages in my life um, yep. uh, who, you know, I have been very close to who have like gone, mm, no. Yeah. Not not said that, but their actions have done that. Well, it's very similar to, you know, the conversation you had with Michael um, in your previous um, well, uh, chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people just don't like you yeah. and you don't like people. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, some people don't like gay people. And whilst we sit here and go, oh, how can you not like a gay people? You know, like, or, you know, that's so wrong, homophobia is wrong. But some people just don't. And, you know, you can't change that, I guess. So there's what's uh, – don't waste energy trying, yeah. you know. Um, you, you accept me or you don't, and if you don't, then off you go. Yeah. And yeah. that's what you've been like. Yeah. In, in this um – in this whole thing, the whole thing, like life. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> uh, so yeah, use your words, Phil. Um, the uh, uh, what I'm what I'm getting from you is well, I want to ask one last, uh, well, t- two more things, but one 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 question at this point is how how long really did it what did it take for you to get to that point of being ready to open pandora's box realizing that tipping point between the present and the future and the risks of the present outweighing the risks of the future just a small question there very good (laughs) so i do what i do well, I am um, I am almost forty three. I'm not shocked and stunned by the way I look. <laughs> so, 
if we if we think back to you know those adolescent years where you may feel you know that you might be a little bit different. Uh, we'll use that word loosely that you might be a bit different. Um, um, but to the point where I was sitting there at the gym and I thought these are the things that I could lose. And this is you know this is this is my truth. This is my reality that I need to go forward with. I think it might have been about. Uh, I reckon six to eight months. Uh, sorry, six to twelve months. Yep. I think, but you know, that's that's from that point sitting on that that lap pull down at the gym that day, going, I have to do this. This is this is going to be my future, and I have to do it. About six to eight, uh, six to twelve months. But, um. Do you know the one thing that, you know, and I, I apologise in advance, I guess, um, the one thing that I said that I would never do is say um, at what age I felt that I was gay. Um, and, you know, I am all about being open and honest these days because that's who I am and, I, you know, I want to be. You live so many years of your life not being so honest. <laughs> that's yeah. all I want to do is be open and honest with everybody. But that's the one question that I won't answer and the only reason I won't do that is because I don't ever want my ex-wife to feel as though I betrayed her or, um, sorry, I get a bit emotional with that. Um, I don't ever want her to think that um, there was no genuine um, commitment or love there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because there definitely most genuine was there, there was. So that's the only that's the only question that I'll never answer. Yeah. I think as a gay man yourself and any other gay man or gay person listening, they know the answer to that question. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, that's that's yes. Yeah, I I I, I don't ever. I don't ever want to disrespect my yeah. former wife um and you know she knows she knows that yeah. i would not change a moment of Absolutely. our relationship yeah. um and i shared on a podcast uh a few weeks ago with um the gay man's brotherhood uh my coming out story and you know i felt like i'd, I'd taken a perfectly good relationship uh, you know, and and taken it out the back and shot it. Yeah. Um. And you know, there's there's a whole you know kind of you know process and you know my own kind of breakdown breakthrough moments um, uh, over a few few years. Um, and we navigated it in a way that you know has had you know was was never fun never easy never comfortable um but we we navigated it from a place of knowing that we love each other yeah and we still want to be in each other's lives and in each other's corners and allowing that to evolve again and you know knowing that you know there is anger there is hurt there is you know loss grief on all counts, on all sides, um, that needs to be worked through. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like um, uh, you know, I I I knew 
or suspected, didn't really want it to be from like when I was in year nine, in, in when I was 14. And um, yeah, like, uh, and, and it was, you know, and, and, and ironically uh, that, that, you know, some, some gay friends that I have now are like, well, how could you not, how could you not do it? I was like, I don't, you, you, you haven't met her. <laughs> you haven't met her. She's, she's, you know, simply one of the best humans. Yeah. Like, you know, I wanted more of her in my life. Like, you know, I, I, I love her. Yeah. You know, um, and it's okay with being, being in, you know, being, sitting with a paradox. Yeah. Um, and also in that, in that um, episode, I, I shared, you know, with, with my own story, like, you know, the, the, the relationship that I have now um, with, with Jeff um, and being me, the light, the dark, yep. the good, the bad, the, you know, the, the, you know, who, who I am with someone and, you know, from a place of worth. Um, that's awesome. And yep. then... All of us, all five of us, and you know, I'm going to be critically assessing, uh, you know, the guy who comes into Soph's life. I'll be like, "Hmm, are you good enough? Are you good enough?" Yeah. Uh, and you know, welcoming someone into our our whanau, um, uh, you know, uh, um, Maori for for family um, and sort of that we're creating. So life. Life evolves. It does. Uh, and which then gets me to my last question. What's your advice for someone, for the, for the man who's, who's listening, who goes, wow, this has actually been such a great chat, but it could never be me. I'm going to start another cycle of denial doing better um or but but someone who feels someone who feels like we did what's your advice um uh, uh, i would never for a start um, because they have to do what's right for them. Listen to yourself. Um, do what's right for you, but understand that um, there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong, and it's 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 perfectly fine. And live your life the way you want to do it. Um, but listen to yourself. Yeah. Don't fight away. Don't shy. Don't shy away. Don't make yourself invisible or irrelevant because you are perfectly perfect as you are, and let people see you because they're going to like you or they're not. Um, that's it. Just be. Just be you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Powerful, brilliant. I think. I think. Yeah. That's that's just be just be the person you are and know that you're worthy. 
just just know it. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That concept of worthiness is so important. I have a um I have a friend of mine who struggles with a lot of things. Um and it is it is a lot of it is well this probably stemmed from being a closeted gay male. Um and you know, he's had a lot of struggles and all I constantly say to him is you're loved and you're worthy. You know, that, that, that that's all you need to know is you are. You are you're loved and you're worthy and you know what? Um, spread your wings and soar. Yep. Yep. I will I will sort of say this this observation because I, 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 I don't want to sort of bring something in sort of at this late stage of, of our chat. Cause that was that was brilliant. That was brilliant. But what you just said in like letting ourselves soar, for those of you um, you know, if you're listening or, or watching this and you don't happen to have the privilege of being Australian one of the things that we, like the, the cultural soup that we swim in uh, in Australia and being Australian men is that you at once aspire to be part of the group and aspire to be seen in the right way. Uh, and the concept of letting your light shine sounds great, but we kind of want to edit where the light goes because we don't want it to go everywhere where you know and 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 be seen as the tall poppy or, or or whatever it is and so we kind of want to be seen enough uh, and and it's this constant impossible impossible tightrope that we walk it's impossibly thin it's a strand of hair that we walk on but we do it and we're expected to do it yeah and so goes to courage you know of of spreading your wings and flying, letting your light shine, whatever, you know, the, 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 the positive message is. For those of you who aren't in Australia, I just feel like I need to explain um, that, 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 that sort of the, the, the cultural um, environment that, that that message comes from um, and, and that both Andrew and I sort of just know intuitively. So if you're, you know, listening in the UK or, or Canada or the US or anywhere else in the world, like just, just know that, you know, that that at once is, in, is inspiring and the truth, but in itself, bloody terrifying <laughs> for us. Um, uh, yeah. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Andrew Reid, I thank you so very much for being so generous with your story. So, no problem at all. I feel like we went off a little bit. No, um, we went exactly where we needed to go. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's conversation over coffee, and um, that's that's what it is. And uh, so, I'm very, I feel very privileged to be able to speak with you Phil, and um, share just a snippet of of me and my story. So, thank you for allowing me. Thank you so much for being just a beautiful, beautiful human. Uh, and 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 sharing some of um, some yeah just sharing some space with us it's it's just been a privilege and an honor 
Um, and in expressing this gratitude, um, I, I do want to say that uh, it's just like I know, I know that either immediately after listening to this or someone somewhere at some point in the future will be listening to this. This like something would have brought them here yeah. to listen to this. And this yeah. is going to help. Yeah. This is going Absolutely. to help. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Listener, viewer, in wrapping this up, I want to say that if any of the, the, the content that, um, uh, that, that was raised was challenging for you, please do reach out for help. Um, on my website, I have a resources page with a list of... Um, uh, crisis support uh, for uh, people and specifically for uh, for LGBTIQ plus communities uh, and I'm always wanting to add more to that list um, but if you think that I can help uh, if you think that uh, you know you want to reach out to me please do reach out to me on socials um, on, uh, on on Instagram Facebook um, and uh, on, on YouTube if you'd like um, also send me an email, connect at thelonelinessguy.com. And if you like this episode or if you've got some feedback for me, please reach out. Um, and uh, yeah, if you, if you want to have a chat, um, uh, please, please do. Um, and Andrew's on social media. And um, if okay with you, I can put uh, your Instagram handle um, uh, on, on this. But that's all we've got time for today. I want to say just, Andrew, how much I really, I just love and appreciate you so much uh, and for sharing this story. Um, it's, it's, it's simply brilliant. Likewise. Thank you for having me. And uh, until we catch up over coffee uh, in a couple of weeks' time, stay safe, stay kind, stay awesomely you, and I'll see you next time. All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.